Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with one of my good buddies, Chris Presler. Now, Chris moved down to train at 10th Planet Decatur from South Dakota a couple of weeks ago. Just to train. So, Chris, I just want to start off by asking you, why did you move to Decatur, Alabama to train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Well, Scaffin, I'm going to start out. Um, you know, I got I fell in love with 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu uh, up in South Dakota. and There's nobody up there training 10th Planet. So, uh, you know, I started, uh, went on to Eddie's stuff, and I got his uh, MTS program and started training that. And I did that for a couple years. And then I found out that, uh, there's this guy, Brandon McCaffrey, that started putting out things. And uh, I really dug what he had to say, his concepts, all that. Um, really improved my jiu-jitsu just watching his videos. Uh, so I decided, you know, to take a trip down here. Uh, One-fourth of July, what was it, three years ago, I believe? Yeah, it was about three years ago. Yeah, so um, I came down to the dojo two weeks, me and my wife, and um, I had just a blast. And... Uh, Ever since then, I've been wanting to get back. Brands came down to Sioux City a couple times to teach um, seminars, and you know as well as I do, you can fall in love with that guy. So uh, I just plan to come down. Um, I train in South Dakota, um, Brookings, Sioux Falls, Aberdeen, Huron. I pretty much train everybody there, 10 Planet. Um, there's only one other school there, um, Bruce Hoyer. And, you know, I don't, no disrespect to Bruce or none of that, but, like, his level of jiu-jitsu isn't, the level of jiu-jitsu that I see could be in South Dakota. It ain't the level of jiu-jitsu that I think I can reach. So um, I wanted to do that for everybody in South Dakota. Um, leave South Dakota, go somewhere um, that I think has awesome jiu-jitsu, the best jiu-jitsu um, that I can find. If there was better jiu-jitsu, I'd be there, um, but there's not. Um, and now that I'm here, I can really tell, you know, there's not. So uh, I'm here to train and uh, get my level up to – a proficiency that you guys think is acceptable and then i'm gonna go back to um south dakota and we're gonna connect alabama and south dakota and in the jiu-jitsu world and make sure that south dakota sees the same level of jiu-jitsu that i know can be there yeah man and that's really cool and like you said south dakota there's only one other school right yeah and his sir. name was bruce bruce hoyer yeah. yeah so bruce hoyer you know there's only one other school and so you guys are still kind of in the wild wild west and i describe jiu-jitsu like that because there's still places and still people trying to state claims because there are whole states you know like south dakota again a great example where there's not a lot of gyms yeah. and so ideally what's your vision like what what do you want to be able to do for the south um for the south dakota grappling community i mean <clears throat> i almost even hate to like be verbosious about it but i want to get my black belt through y'all and then i'd like to go back to south dakota and um teach people brandon's philosophies your philosophies uh, if you guys have a fighter house, I know you've talked about it before. I like to send my people, my blues and my purples down here to train with you guys at the fighter house. I just want to make sure that we're connected constantly. And uh, I want to, I want to be, um, you know, the top level jujitsu around the Midwest, you know, whether it be Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, North Dakota, Wyoming. Uh, I want our school, our 10 planet school, 10 planet Decatur affiliate to you know, rule the roost up there pretty much and uh, and teach people how I feel jiu-jitsu should be taught and the level that it should be at. And so it's funny because a lot of the new students, you know, if you're a white or blue belt and you just started training, 
you're getting to train underneath a black belt, you know, whether you're a 10th Planet Decatur student or you're in, you know, a big city. You know, you've seen black belts. You've got to train with black belts. But there are still places where, again, you're the highest guy on the mat a lot of time. You're the highest ranking guy. And so kind of talk to people about kind of the, some of the challenges you've had trying to develop without a black belt. Well, it's information, really. And then trying to get people to your level. So I did a lot of just trying to catch people up. You know, and you train with a guy for two, three years and just to get him to a level to where you can start competing as a blue belt. But, you know, um, you get really good at killing and um, but only really good at killing white belts. So when you come when I came here, you know, the level of white belt, the level of blue belt here is incredible. So uh, I'm just catching up. I feel I feel like I know a ton of information, but I, I feel like my technique is just off a of hair because. I have been training white belts for so long and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to be the student also. Uh, I got to say, like, I, I can come to class and I can go home. And I know that you and Brandon are going to have the schedule figured out for me when I get here. And all I got to do is drill. As we're in South Dakota, man, I, I got to watch videos. I got to put together plans. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure that people are training those plans. Um, and, you know, and usually I'm the biggest guy on the mat in South Dakota. So I can't just be crushing everybody because... If I'm only getting five dudes, I can't make them five dudes leave. So I really have to cater to how they're feeling, what type of body structure they are. Whereas we're here in Decatur, I mean, what do we got? Seven big dudes over in Beef Valley just smashing me. And uh, and there's no, I, right now I don't see a limit, right? In South Dakota, I always felt like I was hitting a wall. Like I only go so far, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even going to like Bruce's, my, I know my jiu-jitsu isn't as high as I want it to be and you can just go there and wreck everybody there. So I just, uh, I wanted to, the people I trained with down there, I want to be able to get them belts. I want to be able to show them real jiu-jitsu. Um, and it just been weighing on me for years and years and years. And I got to, my wife has my back and that really, when she said to go ahead and um, try to live my dream, you know, uh, I just started planning for it and, and here I am, I guess. Yeah, and here you are, you know, you showed up, and you're here for, for the stay, for yeah, the long haul, you know, haul, yes, sir. and I think that's really remarkable, because a lot of guys have this in their mind, you know, they have that dream of, I want to go and travel, and I want to go live somewhere and just train jiu-jitsu, I want to go, and the main focus be, go do jiu-jitsu, you know, whether it's Brazil, whether it's California, whether it's a place like ours, a lot of guys think it, but they don't actually do it, what made you get in your car, move down to Decatur, Alabama. I mean, what, that was an 18-hour drive? Uh, yeah, well, 16, 16 basically, okay. yeah. Um, I, you know, that's all I think about is jiu-jitsu. I go to work, and I just think about jiu-jitsu. And uh, I, I really, like, I want to put my heart and soul into something that I really like. If I'm at work, and all I can think about is jiu-jitsu, and then I go home, and I'm just watching jiu-jitsu videos, I'm not giving my job uh, all of me. You know what I mean? And I don't want to half-ass anything, really. So I just decided to uh, just pack it up and come here. And, and like I said, um, my training partners, I do it for them. My wife has my back. I was able to do it. I'm getting older, so I was kind of like, I either do this now or I forget about it. And, um, you know, so I did it. I just I saved up money, and I, I just picked a spot, and I came, you know. 
And I think that's really cool that a part of the reason that you're doing this is for the community in South Dakota. Like you said, you believe that you aren't reaching your full potential and you want to help others reach their full potential, you know, whether it's on the mat or just using jujitsu to make them better people off the mats, right? And so is that part of, like, you think if this was like a selfish venture, you probably would never have come. There's a lot of it that's, I guess, driving you is your students back home. Yeah, I guess there's a purple belt down there, Sawyer. Uh, Butler, he's a good homeboy of mine. Um, he came from Minneapolis um, under the black belt there. I forget his name, uh, Klein, Klein something. I'm sorry, I forget his name, but, uh, you know, he can no longer progress either. You know what I mean? And he brought my jiu-jitsu game up with my leg lock game uh, drastically in the last year. And, you know, uh, there that, that story of, of people getting so good and then not being able to progress because there's just nobody to progress them there is um a lot of people's story in south dakota and it, you you know you know as well as i do you fall in love with people at the dojo those you are training with them every single day blood and sweat and you just be, you become brothers and you have a bond and when you know that like what we're doing every day killing ourselves in the gym and then nobody gets to go anywhere um that just tore at me you know i had a i had a buddy jordan uh huddle He's down in um, Florida right now at a key gym. I just got his blue belt. So congratulations, Jordan. And, uh, you know, I trained with him better part of three and a half years. And, you know, I know I'm a blue belt, but that dude's a blue belt. Obviously, he got it when he's down there. And um, I couldn't give it to him. It really killed me. You know what I mean? And between him and then Sawyer uh, and myself, I mean, that's just three of us. There's way more of us with that same story. So... You know, nobody, nobody's going to, nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else is talking about leaving, you know what I mean? And so I, I just did it. Like, I'm going to be able to come here, whether it takes me three years, five years, seven years, whatever, however long this journey is going to take me. When I do get back to South Dakota, I'm going to be able to make sure Sawyer gets his brown. I'm going to be able to make sure before Jordan leaves, I can get him his blue belt. You know what I mean? And so, uh, I mean, that's, that's really the big, the big concept of me being here is uh, to make sure that jiu-jitsu in um, South Dakota doesn't die and it's on the highest level that I can make it. And so thinking about the town now that you came from, so what town did you come from? And I guess how big are the towns? You know, because I know South Dakota is a lot more rural than, I mean, I know Alabama is a lot more rural than obviously a place like California, but you guys are even a lot more rural than we are, right? Yeah. Well, so the biggest town in South Dakota is um, Sioux Falls and it's about 190,000 people. Um, I'm originally from Aberdeen. It's about 30,000 people, but I train in Brookings also. And, uh, I don't know where they're at, right around that 20,000 or so. They got a college there, but they're right next to Sioux Falls. So they seem bigger or whatever, but, uh, there's tough people in South Dakota. The wrestling is is phenomenal in South Dakota and, uh, people work hard there. Like they got the, uh, you know, German farmer attitude. Nobody complains. Everybody sucks it up. The winters are brutal. The summers are brutal. You know, I don't know as brutal as this heat, though, but, uh, you know, there's just good, tough people there. And it really, like, bums me out to see jiu-jitsu and those people go to the side because nobody wants to go to South Dakota and, like, live, I guess. But Yeah, and a lot of that is due to, you know, the Brazilians, when they first came over, they went to cities that reminded them of Brazil. So you yeah. see a lot of them in the L.A., in the Texas area, in Florida. They went to the warm spots in places like South Dakota they just didn't get any guys move there. And so, yeah, like you said, jiu-jitsu is still in the early infancy stages in South Dakota. Yeah. 
And so what you're doing, though, I think is what a lot of guys, like that's how a lot of guys started. That's how Brandon started. You know, there wasn't jujitsu in this area, in his area. And he just had to find Eddie and just dedicate himself to anytime Eddie was near or go out to L.A. So if some, Eddie was there. So kind of what's your plan, you know, and what are your big goals like while you're here? You know, is there, there like what are the big objectives that you would like to have accomplished? Uh, take over Beef Alley first off. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like that's a huge goal. <laughs> Those guys are uh, are crazy. I mean, what do you got, like two, three dudes that are 270 and above? Um, and it's cra- yeah, probably yeah. more than that. Yeah, man. it's crazy. So you don't get that um, up in South Dakota. Uh, the, they just don't show up. You know what I mean? And and maybe if the there is a school there that has a high enough jiu-jitsu, maybe they will show up. Maybe get them from the college and things like that. So... Uh, you know, a lot of people move away from South Dakota, but then they don't come back after they do uh, what they do. So that that's not my plan. My plan is to move back and, uh, and to finish what I started, I guess I could say. And so starting off, you know, like you said, you, you really want to be competitive with the big guy. So for you guys listening, Beef Alley is like, that's what we just call because we have a lot of giant dudes, like multiple guys that are 300, 315, 320. And, and so you want to be competitive with those guys and, and anything else, you know, like what's really on your, on your mind uh, goal-wise? I want my jiu-jitsu to be um, effortless, I guess you could say. Um, like when people watch me roll, they're just like, "Why? look how smooth that guy is. Uh, I don't ever want to be in a bad position. You know, I want to know about, just know everything about jiu-jitsu. What, if I'm in this position, how can I be in a, in a spot where you can't kill me? Um, any position, you know. I, I see that through Brandon and, and you, the way you guys roll, the way you... Uh, posture, that's another big deal. I don't see in other jiu-jitsu is people talking about posture, like keeping your chest out. Uh, there's a lot of things that Brandon does here that's just simply posture. You know what I mean? And it gets you out of uh, all sorts of things, darces and, and uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Arm triangles and mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, I, I feel like it's in, what do they call it, invisible jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. I, I guess is what they would call it. Um, and I'm just fascinated with it. Like, uh, like Grammy, like what? So when I came here three years ago, I mean, I told everybody for a while, you blew my mind with shrimping. Like some details, I've been shrimping for at that point in time, eight years, nine years, or whatever. I, I got a brown belt in judo, so we did a lot of shrimping in judo, but it was just horrendous shrimping, <laughs> you know. So I came here and you showed me that shrimp frame. Boy, I've taught it to everybody in Sioux, in um, South Dakota, and everybody in South Dakota got really good shrimp frames now. You know what I mean? And they understand the power of the shrimp. And there's not, you go across the gyms and you look at their, I go wherever I've trained and I look at their shrimping and it's a joke. You know what I mean? And so like when I came here and learned that, like that really like stuck in my mind, like, wow, he can make my shrimping that awesome. What else can they make that awesome? And so you think a lot of it is, you know, kind of listen to that is really shoring up and getting good at those basics, you know, because as a guy, like when you're the head instructor, you're the guy that's teaching you know, as a blue belt, you kind of miss some of those really fundamental things. Yep. And so you think that's probably a big area that you're looking to really work on then. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, you're, like I said, your white belts here have a phenomenal base. I mean, it's different than other white belts I've ever rolled with. Uh, your blue belts are awesome, you know what I mean? So just having that, like you said, that black belt to teach you the foundation is, is crucial. It's something I've missed, you know, and me and Sawyer have talked about it a lot. Like we pick up on things on videos and he's just like, man, I, 
nobody's ever taught me these fundamentals you know what i mean and it's like yeah we're like we're missing out we're missing out big time and i don't want our training to be for nothing you know i guess that's that's my attitude is uh, if i'm going to train i want it to be for something you know mm-hmm. and so kind of going back into the goals you know i i know you've been a blue belt now for for a few years uh, and, november of 2017 is um derek stewart from 10th planet omaha is the one who gave me my blue belt so yeah, we're looking at almost three years. So so really, probably one of the big goals is that purple belt. Like, what are you looking for, and, and what would that purple belt mean to you, uh, coming from Brandon especially? I mean, I feel like it. The purple belt that it's going to represent to me, like, I mean, I know I'm here, and I, you can call that like the first steps. But like to me, that that purple belt is the first steps uh, in my journey here. You know what I mean? Even like I wore that blue rashi today, but you know just getting the okay from Brandon to wear the blue rash, it was, was big for me. You know what I mean? Um, you know, those, I, I feel like I, I'm at the starting line, but the gun hasn't went off yet. Mm-hmm. And so that purple belt to me is going to be that gun firing and, and I can, I can go at, um, I can go at my goals at that point. Yeah. And in a lot of places, you know, purple belts are seen as assistant instructors. Like it really is a belt where you're expected to teach and you're expected to kind of lead classes. And what do you think you're missing for your purple belt? You know, I know that's obviously a question more for me, I guess, but, but in your mind, you know, what, what are you looking for besides the basics, you know, is what else do you think you need to work on? Brandon said today, my top game. Mm. So he said that my bottom game is pretty good, but I need to work on my top game. I need to be more heavy. Um, and that's, that, that's a big reason why I came here too, was to learn that heavy top game that, what do you call it? Like a wet paper bag. Um, not using so much energy, but being able to control the person under me with my, once again, my posture, you know, and that's what I was using my arms and my legs and everything to control you. Whereas like, if I just focus on my posture, my hands are free to kill. So that's what I want my hands to do is I want my hands to be free to kill my, and my body to control your body. I don't want it the other way around. And right now I feel like it's, it's a little bit the other way around. Mm. So you feel like on top, you're just holding a little bit like you, you can't depend on your body to hold somebody or pin somebody down. You really need your hands in. And that's really interesting that you developed your game. You think a lot of that, your bottom game was developed because you were the biggest guy? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I didn't want to lose training partners. And it's easier just for me to lay on the ground and to do that. You know, honestly, um, 10th Planet is a ground-based game a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. you got quarter guards, you got um, Eddie's Lockdown. Uh, you got rubber guard. I mean, just those three main things. I'm not, that's a big part of the 10 planet system. And they're all having to do with, with being on your back. So how did you find 10 planet? You know, like when did you first find 10 planet? When did you realize that it was the art that you wanted to, you know, pursue? Well, uh, when I first found out about jujitsu, um, I ran into a guy up in Aberdeen. We wrestled together in high school, uh, Casey. Uh, he's a brown belt now in um, Colorado, and uh, man, he strangled the crap out of me. And you know, I was a brown belt in judo at the time, and I'm like, this is crazy. The kid's like, you know, 155 pounds, and he just just ran through me. So I was like, oh man, I want to know about this. So I started going, and he was into Marcelo, and I found out about the Gracies. And I've kind of always been like against the grain, you know. And everybody's Gracie this, Gracie that. Well, uh, you know, YouTube. I was on YouTube and I seen a match with, I heard about Eddie Bravo's 10th Planet. Nobody likes 10th Planet, right? And I'm like, uh, immediately I was like, oh, let's see what that's about. <laughs> and so I see him and Hoyler's first match in Metamorris and then, um, or the second match, excuse me, rather, uh, in Metamorris. And man, 
just like when I met Brandon, I was like almost hypnotized and I just started doing the 10 planet thing. And I've always been kind of flexible so I could do most of the stuff they were talking, not well at at that time, but, um, I started going, you know what? I I think I want to go against the grain. I want to be 10 planet. And I just started representing it out in South Dakota. No one knew me and I just started flying it. And what does representing 10th Planet mean to you? Because there's a lot of guys with similar stories. These kind of guys that are more rebel types that, you know, don't really like authority. You know, that kind of like the graces of the authorities. Well, then I'm going to go for the other guy, the underdog, the guy that they told me not to. So what does it mean like for you? Like what does representing 10th Planet mean? Um, To be honest with you, it means an open mind. Mm. Um, That's what another thing I didn't really like about traditional jujitsu is like, you can't do this. You can't do that. Whereas, like, when I was looking at Eddie and we were on the MTSs, man, he'd be like, hey, I seen this dude did this and this works and we're going to put it in the warm-ups and we're going to all rep it. You know what I mean? Uh, he didn't have any qualms about what techniques were working as long as they worked. And then he was also doing, uh, finding ways to get around traditional techniques, which I really liked, um, you know, going outside the box. I love outside the box thinking. I love that there's no limit. Let's not be um, rigid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's have a flow to everything. And uh, I didn't see that in traditional jujitsu. I really, you know, there was a big, well, when I started was in 2012. So like back then, like Gi and no Gi was like, they were button heads at the time. You know what I mean? And leg locks weren't even really around. And so I would, I seen the head, but like the butting of the heads and I did judo for so long. When I found no Gi, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. You know, I get rid of that Gi. And I'm not saying that like, Maybe someday I'll do gi again, but I really like the no gi style. Um, I, th- I feel like it, it translates over to like real life a lot. I, I've lived like kind of a rough life as far as biting goes and stuff. So I always been a, been more on the side of like, does it work? Does it not work? And what's real to real life? To me, no gi is real life. Like we could be fighting in a t-shirt or without a shirt. It don't matter. You know, overhooks and overhook. Whereas like. When you're in gi, everybody has so many collar grips and stuff. Don't get, South Dakota, yeah, I mean, that's great. In the wintertime, you got a coat and, and all that stuff. But when you're here in Alabama, people don't have big, heavy winter coats. So uh, I just really liked the no-gi aspect. I like the open-mindedness that uh, everybody, even all of Eddie's 10 Planet Black Belts, um, have an open mind. And I believe Brandon told a story. It was at uh, Amar. They were on uh, one of the forums, the Nibrua forum, I believe it was, and somebody was saying the lockdown's the gospel, and uh, Amar came on and said, no, actually, an open mind's the gospel, and man, that that really stuck with me, too, so I, that's what I'd have to say, representing 10 Planet is being super open-minded, roll with everybody, um, let everybody come to the gym. If it works, do it. If it doesn't, get rid of it. Yeah, and I definitely agree with a lot of that. And so now thinking about you've moved down here, right? And you've completed, we'll say, 10 days of training. What's that training been like? And, you know, how's it been different than the training in South Dakota? Um, Like I said, brutal training, man. Uh, I've had my rash guard imprinted in my chest twice since I've been here, which has never happened to me before. It's pretty crazy. You take your shirt off and you got the lines from your rash guard there. So it's it's like, wow, your river's doing its job, you know? Yeah. That in the heat, the sweat, it's almost confusing, you know. As much as we sweat, like you just sit there, and then when you stand up, there's a puddle from you. Like, I don't even know how it all comes out of you, you know. So, that's that has been, you know, the biggest thing the, the top pressure of everybody here because I do still play 
um, bottom game quite a bit. So they're top pressure having to deal with that. Um, the heat, the sweat, making sure that I stay hydrated through class. Cause usually I'd start class and I wouldn't drink water. You know, that's, that's not a thing here. Um, <laughs> last week, Thursday, I drank a half gallon during class. And so, you know, just getting it used, getting my body used to it. Plus I'm, I'm, you know, riding bikes that, that ride bike here, train, ride bike home. It's, it's a little bit of mental too. You know, I can do it. Um, I just got to tell myself I can do it, you know, and just get it done. So. And so what's your training schedule? Like, like how, how often are you trying to train? Like what, what is it? Uh, what's kind of your training schedule goals while um, you're here? So all I got to do is jujitsu. So as much as I can be here, you know, um, when class is here, I'll be here a half hour before class. If you need me to do something after class, I'll be doing something after class. So I know we train twice on Wednesday and Mondays and we train once on Thursdays and, and Tuesdays. And then, uh, uh, Saturdays, I haven't made Saturday yet, but I, I will be making Saturday this Saturday. So, uh, then we'll be doing the PGF on Friday and I get to hang out for that and run the door, which is super awesome. Seeing how the PGF works. I just seen, um, Brandon do a one minute jujitsu hack. So it's really kind of, I'm kind of like starstruck at this point, you know, <laughs> Yeah, no, man, and that's really cool. And you know, you're tra you're trying to train a bunch. You're trying to train, you know, six, seven, eight sessions a week, and you're rolling probably more than you've ever rolled, right? Not ever. Um, you guys put on just every every day. You guys put on six, ten minute rounds, and man, I never trained that. It would be we do three ten minute rounds. Uh, sometimes I get two ten minute rounds of Sawyer, and it'd just be done. You know, just be tired. But here, I'm I'm forced to do it. Everybody's doing it, so it's not like just two people are doing it. Everybody's rolling ten rounds for six minutes, and uh, if I do that twice a day, I get 20 rounds in for that day, which like I was like saying earlier, like that really allows me to like put myself in a position and figure things out from that position. If I still, if I go to the half guard and they pass me this way, 20 rounds in a row, I'm going to start thinking about, you know, the next 20 rounds, like how can I stop that? And I'll be able to, uh, troubleshoot that. So I'm, it's super cool. You know, it's really tiring. Uh, it's brutal, but it also is pretty for learning. It's awesome. And so advice now, because again, like I said, a lot of people have, I remember being a young blue belt, especially when Brandon was a purple belt. I'm a blue belt and I'm thinking, man, it'd be so cool to like go live in Brazil for six months because a black belt to me was like, oh man, if I go like train with a black belt, like that would be incredible. Never did it though, you know, and I absolutely adore this place. I mean, it's in my heart and soul, so I won't be leaving anytime soon, <laughs> but what advice would you give for somebody that, you know, because again, so many people have those thoughts, like advice now for somebody thinking about traveling and possibly going and living somewhere just to do jujitsu? Uh, do it. If you can do it, do it. Um, if you don't have a black belt around you that you can go to a school at, um, leave and go train. You know, be that person that um, goes and gets his black from a black and then comes back and, and makes his community better. Uh, that's what I feel everybody should do. If it's in your heart, if you think about it nonstop like I did, just go do it. Cause otherwise you're going to leave yourself down, man. If you don't try, I'd rather try and fail than never try, I guess. I'd rather come here and just completely shit the bed and six months, you guys just tell me I'm garbage and I go home. That, that, <laughs> that would be better for me than, than, you know, just sitting at home and never even coming. Mm. And so now the process of, you know, this guy has decided, Hey, I'm going to go live here and train, you know, What's the process of, you know, getting money? Like how much money did you want to comfortably have, you know, have before you made this decision? Because that's a big question. A lot of people go is, well, well money, you know, how do I just go train jujitsu for six months? It's hard to say. Um, you guys have, uh, the rent here is really good. So you got to call. It's really hard to find a place before you get somewhere. That was a, a difficult situation that I had going on. Um, 
but I saved up 5,000 before I came here and I pretty much blew through it for the most part. Now I'm my, my rent's paid for six months. Uh, the dojo's paid for six months. I really just got to work on like food, but you know, I do have backing from South Dakota. Um, my wife has my back and if I need something paid, she pays that. My mom has my back. So I have people supporting me and that's the only way I could get it done. You know, I, I did the big stuff where I saved up my money. Everybody's seen it, you know, and then I moved and everybody has my back now. People aren't going to have your back if you're just talking all the time. If you run around and talk and just, just I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and you never do it, no one's going to believe you, no one's going to have your back. But if you put forth the effort, you start making a plan, you start crushing those goals. You know, uh, my first goal was like, I'm going to put 100 away a week. You know what I mean? And then closer to God, I was like, I got to put 250 away a week. You know what I mean? And and uh, I just crushed my goals. I, I set goals. And then once I made them, I, I just moved. You know, I got my 5,000 and I left. <laughs> that is remarkable, man. And again, it's, it takes a very special person to do that. And so you get the $5,000, you know, you come down here. And what's the time? Like, like, what's the time frame you're looking to stay? Is it just until? Yeah. Yep. 100% until. Until I'm finished. I don't have a time frame. I don't know how long I'm going to learn. I don't truly know the level of jiu-jitsu here yet. I know right now I can't even see the end. Uh, it's that it's that good as far as I'm concerned. So um, I don't, how do I say, I want to finish my goal my, and the time frame's um, not even a thing. I'm not worried about how long it takes. Um, all I'm worried about is, is finishing. That's a very uh, martial uh, art way to look at it, you know, kind of that martial art mindset. And I really like hearing that. And really now, last question, I guess, is, you know, you get your purple belt and, you know, you start to progress through the ranks. You know, how are you going to, um, you know, are you going to set up a school? Like you said, like, is that like, again, you kind of talked about that, but are you just going to go and set up a 10th planet in South Dakota? So um, this is a school in South Dakota. Uh, it's a Hapkido and Judo club, uh, Sioux Falls Hapkido and Judo. Uh, Scooby runs it, Ryan Skibout. Um, me and him got our Hapkido black belts together. Um, I wasn't able to get my black and judo with him. He got th his third degree in, in judo. They have national judo people, Jim and, and Chloe, out of that dojo. Um, uh, Jim went to uh, Africa last year and competed in the Worlds, and, and Chloe took third in national. So their judo there is phenomenal, and that's my home base. Um, Ten Planet, um, Ten Planet, South Dakota will be based out of um, Ryan's gym. So I have a home as soon as I get back. Um, so that's, that's I'm not worried about that at all. You know, and I want Brookings to be a 10 planet. I want Aberdeen to be a 10 planet, but I'm going to be representing all of them. I want the whole east side of the state to be under me. Beautiful, man. And really anything you want to say, you know, is there anything you want to say to the people that are listening, kind of final thoughts before we cut this off? <laughs> um, man, if you got a dream, do it. Uh, save up for it. It's hard. It's going to suck. You're going to doubt yourself. I still doubt myself. I still don't even know if it's possible, but I'm here trying. And uh, that's, that's it, man. Try. Just try. Don't give up. Really, really beautiful stuff and very inspiring. You know, it makes me want to work harder. And definitely that's one of our big goals. We want people to move from out of state, from out of country to train here for periods of time. And it means the world that you chose our academy because you could have done that any place and really appreciate you for for believing in us and we're going to look after you man we're going to we're going to try to do our best by you and, and get you to the point where you're running the east side of uh south dakota yes sir so 
guys, again, Chris and Chris's story is one that I think we all can learn from. So if you do have that dream, make sure you're chasing it. Make sure you're not just a talker. Make sure you're a doer. Till next time, guys. Love you. Appreciate you. Peace. Thank you.